Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, Daryl, so Deshaun Watson has entered stage right. He is back at practice. We won't see him, though for two more games until the Browns travel down to Houston for their game with the Texans. And that is when his suspension will be over as long as he lives up to all the things that he agreed to in the suspension. So, um, Daryl, let's, uh, let's dive into What was it? I had to been a media circus out there. Huh? What was it like? Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it was funny when I walked in, uh, this morning, uh, go to walk in the media room and there's just like a horde of camera guys and producers at the door. And I just looked at them all, gave him a, a look, and said, he ain't talking today, so you guys can chill out and back away from the door here so people can move around. Oh, you uh, go, Daryl Ryder, immediately. You know, I, it just, it's, I get it. I, I covered LeBron. I covered Johnny Football. I've covered every three-ring circus to go through Berea. But, I mean, come on. Like, it's just, it's like, they all showed up. 
to watch him throw footballs and, you know, throw a ball, run down to the other end of the field, wait his turn, throw another ball, run to the other end of the field, wait his turn, throw another ball, run to the other end of the field, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Like that's basically what we saw of Deshaun Watson today. He was the third or fourth quarterback in line uh, during the open portion. And he like would throw one time and then they would move to the other, the other side, you know, 20, 30 yards to the other side. And then everyone goes to the drill, going back the other way. And then, so it, it was just like, so that was basically the the video that I I, I posted on Twitter. I, I slapped it together and I sarcastically said, hey, here's your Detron Watson throwing footballs video y'all been uh, waiting so long for. But I mean, and it's going to get more intense at some point. He'll talk whether that is, uh, you know, uh, the Wednesday leading up to the Texans game, whether uh, the Browns, uh, who knows? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like if, for him to talk before that, they have to get permission from the league because he's suspended. He's not right. allowed to talk. So I, I don't know if the Browns would do something like that. Maybe they try and just, you know, get the uh, suspension type questions, get that kind of stuff out of the way. Yeah. So that when he is preparing for the Texans that week, that hopefully most of those questions can be about football and maybe going to play against his former team and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know what the Browns plans would be in that regard or what the NFL would even allow them to do, but it's, it's going to be a circus. Um, it already, like how many extra media members were out there today? Uh, well, let's just put it this way. We were making room for the local people to have seats in the media room. Local TV or local, yeah, yeah lo- lo- local TV, yeah. No, so. no, the local TV really need to be in there with it. Oh, yeah, cameras. just the national national media took up their seats. Oh, took their seats and yeah. their spots, their normal spots. Yeah, so we had, you know, we're you know nice enough to, uh, you know, accommodate uh, the them. folks that are there every yeah. day. And it, and it, what and, the Browns do about? Did the Browns not make space for them or no? room's only so big and you know yeah. it's it's a, we're pretty informal in the media room first come first serve type thing and gotcha you know it's just one of those things where i just thought you, you know me i always you know i'm I'm local media first before the nationals so I, I always look at hey you guys are guests number one number two you get access that's a thousand times better than the local people get that's true uh, it, it was funny when we were asking kevin stefanski about the reps the rep split so press conference ends stefanski leaves and I uh, I turned around to one of the national people and I said, hey, do me a favor. Check your phone. Can you tell us uh, before you tweet it how, how they're splitting the reps? And this person looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I said, oh, I'm just used to us asking the questions in our press conference and then you guys just being handed what the actual story is. Whoa, Daryl Ryder <laughs> so, coming in hot. So, you know, uh, because that's that's what always happens. Like, And then the fans get on the local media and, you know, we all suck at our jobs, this, that, and the other. Cause, right. But, like, all we can do is ask the questions, and if we get the wishy-wash answers, well, that that's just the way it is. So, uh, and so it was like I'm – you know, refreshing Twitter to see if, you know, Schefter or Rap Sheet or one of those guys, sources, Deshaun yeah. Watson will receive X amount, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I always anticipate that stuff. And by the way, the person I said that to, I have a good relationship. So okay, like, good. I was worried that, like you said, that somebody you don't <laughs> I was, know. I was like, no, man, no, 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 I was no, 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 get no, punched no. in the face. No, 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 no. Uh, and I, I said it in jest. You know me. I, yeah, I'm, I know. A, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a teaser. 
unfortunately, my sense of humor usually gets me in a lot of trouble. So yes, it does. Uh, but we're trying to keep you out of trouble on this. I know, podcast. but you know, I always seem to step in it. But that's okay. I, you know, I don't hide. I'm there every day. So anyone that has any issues with me, they, can, you know, I'm. That's. I'm, I will say that about you, Daryl. You're you're not scared to say anything, and you're not scared to stand up for what you say. I I am not but a hit and run. Okay, but speaking of hit and run, I mean, what's the mood of this team like right now? I can't imagine no, things are good. No, I mean, it's look, it's I. I it hasn't been a talkative locker room from day one. That's just a lot of the personalities. They just prefer to go out and play football. So I'm not going to, it, while it at times makes it tough for, from a content perspective. And I'm sure like with you guys on the midday show, because you try and turn a lot of that around and, right. and, and kind of uh, react to it. They don't give a lot to react to. Right. I, I mean, that, let, let's be honest about it. But today was definitely one of those days. There wasn't a whole I can, lot. Kevin yes, wasn't that, saying anything. Yes. That, 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 I, I, just even from my standpoint, thank God there's a blizzard coming to Buffalo because I had something to write about. Well, I thought days. we we thought the same thing. I, I yeah. thought that midway through the show. I was like, wow, I'm so glad this is you happening. Know, uh, and, and so, like, I could ask all the players about playing in snowballs. And is that, you know, Nick Chubb was talking about how it, he's kind of excited because he's always, you know, wanted to do it. Looks cool on TV. Now, granted, for me to piece the quote together, I had to take three different Nick Chubb responses and kind of sew them all together to get yeah. the the uh, the beefiness of the quote that uh, I needed to move the story along. Um, but you know, they're they're not down, they're not out. You don't have guys moping around. Uh, you don't have guys ha with attitudes now. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just as respectful towards us as they have been. The entire season, even when we have to ask, hey, why does the run defense suck? Or, you know, why aren't you winning as many games and things like that? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that for a three and six team, when you walk in the locker room, it doesn't feel like they're a, a helpless, hopeless three and six team, which I have covered plenty of those in years past. Yeah. The the question of who's a leader on this team keeps popping back up. We had Nick Shook on from NFL Network and um nfl.com and he's just like I, I just i'm a little confused on what's going on with the leadership on this team and and who's stepping up and who are guys listening to and you've got communication problems that we talked yeah. about we you know i think we've talked about this all season long but it was interesting to hear somebody from nfl.com bring it up and you're like ah Man, I wonder, you know, are there are guys yeah, expecting yeah. more out of guys and they're pointing fingers, you know? All, all you well, they're not pointing fingers, but all you got to do is watch and, and you see it, right? And and it's tough to I'm always I'm always a believer that it's tougher to be a leader if you're not putting up if you're not one of the stars. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's it's tough to like LeBron James is a leader because not so much his personality and I'm not knocking his personality, make that clear, but like he's a leader because he's like the greatest player of this generation. Give right? me the ball, win the game for you. That's why you're I mean, right. You, you, you know, you're Jacoby leading by example. Brissett, right. Jacoby Brissett is a leader because of his personality. Uh, players gravitate to him naturally, but let's be honest about it. He's not a guy that I expect with the game on the line is going to go in 35 seconds down the field to get you into field goal range so you can kick a game-winning field goal or in a minute and 20 race you down the field and throw the game-winning touchdown pass right in, in the closing seconds of a game. And again, I'm not knocking Jacoby Brissett, but it's just it's not something he's known for doing. 
So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what that missing link has been from that quote-unquote leadership thing. I mean, they've got plenty of guys raising their hands saying, hey, yeah, so-and-so's a leader. They're a leader. They do a great job. We love them. They're easy to follow, you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, when you watch this team on the field, there are times where you feel like they it it's lacking or they look a little lost uh, with things. So, um, and when you're consistently inconsistent every week, right? It's if it's not one thing, it's been another run defense one week, next week, it's this next week, you know, so it, it's, um, it's, it's something that they got to figure out like the Sean Watson, I expect will become a leader, but it's hard for him to be a leader this year. Sure. He, he, he was suspended. He was disciplined by the NFL. So how can a player who is disciplined by the league legitimately be a leader this year? You, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I see what you're saying. Now, next year, sure. I, I My expectation is, yeah, he will be the uh, an unquestioned leader on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, so there's just – I said it weeks ago. I stand by it. Good group of guys in the locker room. They're not a bunch of jerks, okay? I, I, I just – I can't stress that enough. My criticisms of them on the field are not personal. It just they're they're just not performing up to expectation. Um, they have talent to win. I believe you know I believe in the roster that it, that is here. I think that they're good enough to win. They're just not going out there and getting it done. Um, and so until that happens, leadership questions come up. Right, the nitpicking comes up from us in the media. We nitpick everything, and um, yeah, I, I think that like if they can't. And it's why I'm so hesitant to get involved in the fire people conversation. Sure. Because it's like, well, I mean, you got to have some context with things. Um, you know, I, I don't think Joe Woods is a complete moron and doesn't know how to call defense. I think his guys aren't maybe uh, computing what he's calling or expects or whatever in, in translating it to the field at times. Um, but you can't say Joe Woods is a moron one week because – they get thrashed by the Patriots, and then the next two weeks, he, you know, he's he's not because all of a sudden now the defense starts playing well, but he's back to being a moron because well, uh, they got beat up in Miami again. You see what I'm no, saying? Makes, oh, absolutely, I know what you're saying. It, you know, you're only as good as your last play. I mean, right. that's and, the and problem with the game. Miami. Their their yeah. goal of taking the top two guys out, right? Right. They did. The problem is everybody else on the Miami Dolphins offense beat them. See what I'm saying? So, oh, absolutely. It, it, it's just, it, it, it's, um, so there, there's a lot to it than just pointing the finger at one person or one thing or, you know, whatever. And, and maybe mother nature will uh, smile upon the Browns and be the great equalizer and freeze Josh Allen up and, 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 uh, and, and it becomes a, a war of attrition, so to speak, as far as the running game goes, like we saw in 2007 when the Bills tried to throw it 33 times and the Browns like, now nah, we're just going to keep running the ball. Amen. And, and thank God for Phil Dawson. You know what yeah. I'm interested to see on Sunday? Oh, our young is- kicker who's never what seen snow is going to do? Yeah. What does Cade York do? do you, by the way, I, I'm going to give Kevin Stefanski some credit. Little 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 Mr. Personality today. Drop the, yeah. well, we do have a cryo, cryo chamber. Or, uh, I did hear cryo, that. Uh, yeah, I thought that was fun. Maybe throw some footballs in there or something. Have them kick at practice, right? I mean, I asked him about the wet ball drill. Like, how do you prepare for snow? You use the wet ball drill for when you're preparing for monsoons or whatever. What do you do for snow? And he's like, I don't know. 
<laughs> we got the cryo chamber. Freaking Jacoby Brissett. I asked Jacoby, I'm like, hey, as a quarterback, what do you do to prepare for playing as though? He goes, the hell do I know? I'm from Florida. <laughs> That's <laughs> <funny. me." laughs> All right, Daryl, let's do this. I'm looking forward to our next segment coming up here. Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. He's also the Bills sideline reporter and he works for our sister station, WGR in Buffalo. We are going to talk to him next. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's always game day in Cleveland brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. I'm Andy Baskin. He's Daryl Ryder. Daryl, I'm excited about the next segment. Very excited. I know we have a special guest joining us from uh, what is soon to be buried Buffalo, uh, Sal Capaccio. He's the Bills beat uh, reporter as well as the sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills. You can hear him on WGR 550 in Buffalo. It's Sal Capaccio. Thank you for the uh, the time, Sal. Good to see you. Andy Roth, by the way, this is a direct quote. Uh, please tell him he is still a jerk, unquote. That is not for me. That's okay. from Andy. So. The so what's crazy is, so yeah, I, I grew up, you know, in Buffalo and I was actually living in Florida. I left the business for a while. I became a teacher and a high school football coach in Florida for many years. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get back in the business. And then I was trying to get back to Buffalo. Andy was the program director at WGR and some things broke and I, you know, got in touch with him and he hired me. And then all of a sudden, after I had already left my teaching job to say, I'm going to Buffalo, he left to go to Cleveland before I even came up. And it was the scariest thing ever in the world because I'd left my job. We leaving the house. I'm moving up and I read that Andy Roth is going to, I called him panicking. What's going on? It was all good. He took care of me. said, yeah, I'm going to Cleveland. I won't actually be working with you, but here's who you see. So Andy actually gave me my start in Buffalo. I'm forever thankful, but I never got to work with him actually. He made up for it though. Cause you get, he gave you our podcast name. So. <laughs> you go. That's, that's true. Right. But Sal, I got to tell you, that's been the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Cause we've had to work with him for the last 11 years. So <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. He is uh, he is Mr. Flannel Shirt. That's exactly what he is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's um, it's great that I came back to Buffalo. So I always tell people it was a really you know difficult decision, and meaning like it was so scary. I was in my mid thirties and restarting my radio career, but you know what? We didn't even have the Bills' rights at the time. Mm-hmm. I come up to Buffalo a year later. We get them, and I get on the sidelines, and now I'm doing what I'm doing, and it's just it's been a crazy ascension ever since then for everything that I've done. And I'm just really, really thankful. So it's always going to be with you guys as well. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we appreciate, you know, having the chance to always talk with each other in Cleveland and Buffalo, even though these two teams don't play each other, we always share a kinship because of the types of cities we are, the sports heartbreak we've been through in our football teams. 
Well, and I'll never forget when the Browns moved the support that we saw from Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Like that, yeah. To me, that was so meaningful because our fan bases are so similar, and um, you know, I think we all get each other. So, uh, you know, and then when you hear things about stadium issues going on in Buffalo, like it just, it was like cutting right through my heart because I kept thinking, man, those those fans in that city were behind us when Art Modell really just raked us over the coals. So we appreciate yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, guys. The great—I always say—until last year's Kansas City thirteen seconds, you know, game at the end of, of the uh, game, thirteen seconds. What happened? Until that game, the greatest football game I ever attended. I was a high school student, went to the eighty-nine divisional game in Cleveland. Ronnie Harmon drops it. Mm-hmm. I was there. Uh, Kelly against Kosar. Thurman was unbelievable. Kelly throws the interception to Clay Matthews on that last play. It was that was the greatest football game I'd ever attended until I was on the field for that Bills Chiefs playoff game last year. It's pretty cool stuff. You sure you know I could do probably half hour with you just talking about Harbor Center and Holiday and Leisure Ice Rinks if you want to talk about that too. But that's we'll fine for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a hockey podcast. That's so I, hopefully maybe we could do that somewhere down the road. But um, it, just your thoughts on for I mean the weather obviously has been the big story today about what's going on with this game. What what, what do you know? What do you hear? And uh, you know at least it sounded like you guys were talking to the league, unlike the Browns today. Well, they're at least staying in contact. But you know it's got to happen from the local level first. I think. You know, the league's going to take its cues from the Bills who are taking its cues from the from Erie County, New York State, you know, the, the surrounding areas, Orchard Park, the town of Orchard Park. I think it really comes down to that, which is, you know, what are they able to do as far as functionality? Um, getting essential services to the stadium, security, getting people in and out of the stadium, in and out of Orchard Park. I think mean, that's going to be first and foremost. If they say, yeah, we think we'll be okay, it's going to be a little, you know, a little tough, then nothing's going to change. I mean, they're going to keep the game at one o'clock in Orchard Park on a Sunday afternoon. If suddenly they say we have to shut down the town and we can't do anything, we can't get essential services and, you know, medical or anything like that, then they're going to have to have a discussion on what to do. But I, here's the problem, guys. Like the Bills play on Thanksgiving. They play Thursday in Detroit. It's not like you can move the game Monday night. You can't do that. Can you move it maybe later Sunday if you think it, the weather could be cleared by then a little bit and you can plow and things like that? Sure. Um, what we're expecting is – not six feet, like so many people have kind of reported, and I've seen that out there. We're, we're hearing about three feet, which is massive. It's still a huge snowstorm, three feet. The question is really this. Is the band, this is Lake Effect. You guys know about Lake Effect, too. Is Absolutely. the band basically going to be gone from Orchard Park in time for Sunday to kind of clear it out, and then you'll still have a lot of snow around the area, but the game can be played? Or is the band going to be stationary at that time where it's hitting the stadium during the game? And no one knows that. I I think the other interesting point here real quick, we were going through games that have been canceled or postponed uh, or canceled or or maybe it was canceled, postponed or moved to another venue, I think is is actually what we're looking at today. And the only time snow has ever affected any game in the history of the NFL was when the roof collapsed in Minnesota. Otherwise, it's been hurricanes or... Uh, no, the, the Bills. The Bills had a game moved in 2014 against the Jets to Detroit because of that. Because of snow. Because of snow. Wow. That's I, why I people think it could happen this. here. That's why people keep thinking Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. And the Bills play in Detroit on Thursday next week. But right. that game in 2014 was just it was it was so far out of the extreme of type of circumstances. Something we're not really going to have here. What people say. But they could not. They literally had to get players onto onto snowmobiles to get them out of Orchard Park and to the airport for that game to get there. And that game was moved to Monday night in Detroit because of the snow. What yeah. was the scenario before, Sal, to to make them say, "Okay, we got to get this thing out of here"? Like, I'm trying to look at parallels between that game and where we are today and what could happen moving forward. So that one was they knew there was this big event coming, and it was more of a buildup of a few days. 
this is still going to be a couple of days in advance, but it's not going to be like three, four days. It's going to be more like two, maybe one, where it really starts hitting. And again, let's remember, that was a Sunday. The Bills played the following Sunday. Wait a minute, bye week. I don't know, but they had to play the following Sunday. They could move to Detroit on a Monday night. It wasn't a big deal, kind of, so to speak, right? Like, you can't do that here, guys. Like, the Bills play Thursday at 12.30 p.m. in Detroit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Detroit is open this weekend, too, because the Lions are in New York. My question to you, Sal, is what's, when's the deadline? Because not only do they, you know, have to get be able to get the players and, you know, staff and, and things like that, but, like, the, the Browns have to load in, right? The, yeah. the TV networks have to load in and stuff like that. So what is the deadline, and how does that coincide with the timetable related to this storm? It's a great question. I don't know if there's a – drop dead deadline i would imagine by saturday they'd have to have a call on what's happening here because the browns are going to fly in on saturday mid-afternoon that's what teams always do i actually think it might be easier for them to bus into buffalo than it would be to fly to be quite honest it might be that type of situation um we'll see because a lot of the snow at that point is going to be more north even though it's some's going to get dumped down in the south of the city and then they would kind of come through there but you know if they can clear the airport that's fine they have to know what they're doing i don't think there's an actual hard deadline i'm not really sure about that so what I'll tell you is what we know. We asked Sean McDermott Wednesday about all of this, and he said, as far as he knows, and he's been told, yes, there's communication, but the game is still scheduled Sunday, 1 p.m. in Orchard Park. Um, I know Kevin Stefanski basically said, look, I'm not in those discussions, right? But if I get told anything different, you know, then we'll we'll take it from there. I don't know if there's an actual deadline. This is one of those things where they kind of have to play it by what's going to happen. The, I, I think what they don't want to do is say, okay, yeah, we have to move this game, and then suddenly you don't get the kind of lake effect that you thought you were going to get because that can happen too. Or they can't get the bills out of Buffalo. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point, Daryl. Like if you're going to go, let's say Detroit, which is open. Well, if you can't get people into Buffalo into orchard park, that would make sense. You can't get them out of Buffalo or orchard park <laughs> and be able to get them to Detroit. So there's a lot of logistics here to consider. How, how You guys deal with the severe ultra lake effect up there in Buffalo. I mean, we have it on the East side of Cleveland here in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. But how so obviously the airport's kind of important here. How often does that airport actually shut down? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> because of blizzard like conditions and stuff like that, or because it's such commonplace the volume of snow you guys get up there that they just have it down to a science and they're always ready for these things. No, it does. It does for sure. I know that um they're making a con more conscious effort now with some things they're doing at the airport. I just actually saw a story today about trying to, you know, help out the runways a little bit more than they've had in the past. It does happen. I do. I, geography matters here though. Um, Orchard park is South of the city. Yep. The South towns in Buffalo get hit way more with snow generally than the North towns, which is where Cheektowaga is. And Cheektowaga is more East, but it's more considered like a North town um, than a South town for sure. Um, this scenario, however, is very different, which is wild. I live in the city of Buffalo. I live literally like, I would say you could Josh Allen could throw a football to the peace bridge from my house. Okay. That's how close to the, to Canada I am. And in, in this storm, believe it or not, where we normally get spared right here in the city, we are going to take the brunt of it. We are getting hammered in the city, which is mm -hmm. wild. And the more of it's going to be in the North towns on Saturday, the South towns is still going to get hard, hit hard. And that's where that question comes in where I said earlier, which is the band is supposed to shift back South. By Sunday, is that going to go all the way south and do that? Or is it going to stay where it is? What's it going to do? Is it going to be over the stadium? Is it going to go south and disperse? We don't know. But to answer your question, the airport really doesn't get as much as Orchard Park. Orchard Park generally gets a lot more snow than you would get in Cheektowaga, for example, where the airport is.
All right, we are not done with Sal Capaccio. We're going to be joined again. You know, we talked a little bit about the weather, but when we come back, we will talk about the game itself with Sal. We'll break it down with him. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for our second part of our conversation with Sal Capaccio as we get into the nuts and bolts of this matchup between the Browns and the Buffalo Bills. What are your thoughts on Josh Allen? He was limited today in practice. Um, What's the concern on that elbow? No concern. He didn't have any setbacks. It's really limited just because they're maintaining at this point. I will say, though, we didn't see him throw any balls at practice. I think he's going to he's going to pretty much this is going to be a thing where every week, guys, he's just not going to throw a lot throughout the week. And then he's going to show up and he's going to play because. He got through last week on Sunday after all that talk. He played, as you know, he started and then he got through. Okay. They have no issues. Um, and he threw the ball fine from what I could see. Um, maybe a, t- a little tiny, less zip on the ball, but for Josh Allen, that's still way more than most quarterbacks have anyway. Um, so from that standpoint, he's fine. I think the bigger concern with Josh Allen is the way he's playing lately, to be quite honest with you. He's thrown six interceptions the last three weeks, all of them in the second half of each game, two against green Bay, two against the jets, um, two against, I'm sorry. It wasn't, wasn't uh, it was one in the first half against the Jets, but then again against Minnesota, obviously he had the two um, and they've been in the red zone. Josh Allen for four and a half years was like the greatest red zone statistic quarterback ever. Like he never threw any interceptions in the red zone. Suddenly he's thrown a bunch in a few week period here. He's making bad decisions. He's not throwing it. You know, he doesn't not making uh, great passes in those situations. So I think that's where the concern lies. Not that it's overly concerning. He's Josh Allen. This thing, these things happen to great quarterbacks. So, you know, we'll see. But that's more of the concern of the elbow at this point, believe it or not. Yeah. So the, uh, the duct tape, the scotch tape, the masking tape all yep. keep the elbow back together. Uh, you know, to your point about the red zone interceptions that, that Josh Allen has thrown, uh, how much of that is him trying to do too much? How much of that is, you know, as he's become one of the high profile quarterbacks in the league, there's obviously a lot of tape on him. Uh, teams, you know, he's circled on the calendar when the bills are on the schedule now. So teams really, uh, you know, prepare for him. Uh, Just what do you think is going on with those interceptions and leading to those turnovers, which as you said, early in his career were just such a rare thing to happen. So Patrick Peterson, who picked him off twice against Minnesota was on a podcast after that. He was, I don't remember the name of the podcast or I'd say it. Um, And he actually talked about how, he had seen a lot on film from Josh and what the receivers were doing, where he knew kind of what Josh was going to do on that play. And he said, and one of the things he said was really interesting. He said, we know Josh Allen really trusts his arm to squeeze it in, in that spot. So I knew that if I could be there, I would have an opportunity. And therein lies the first part of your question, what you asked, which is how much is him just trying to do too much? Look, Josh does try to do too much. We know that he's always tried to do too much, but that's what makes him special guys. Like he usually can do that. He is, he is, superhuman out there sometimes at what he can do running the ball and throwing the ball. It's amazing to watch him play. He's Superman. He's such a big part of the offense. He does have to learn to check it down sometimes when he hasn't been. I think what's happening now, as you guys know, in baseball, he might grip the bat a little bit. There's hockey to grip the stick a little tighter. When things start going wrong, you press even more. You want to make up for it. But I also say, what's the saying in basketball? Shooters shoot. And you got to keep shooting. Look, 
I, 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 I think I would speak for most Bills fans when they would say, we don't want Josh Allen to stop being Josh Allen. That's what makes him great. If he stops being Josh Allen, you don't get the greatness of him, even if you kind of take away a few of the interceptions. I'd rather have him throw those interceptions because with that's going to come all those great special plays he makes by knowing that he can make those throws. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think that every once in a while, though, he has to remember, I don't have to win the Super Bowl on this play. I can just live to fight another day. Hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts just on the running game for both sides on this, if we have all the snow? I, you know, Obviously, we've got Nick Chum with Kareem Hunt, but um, yeah, I mean, you've got a quarterback who can run. You know? Yeah, the Bills do. I don't know how much they want to put him in harm's way with the elbow, especially, you know, so right. it was more on Devin Singletary. And now they have Naeem Hines, James Cook, obviously. Um, this is not a great running team for the Bills, but I would point out their statistics are pretty good. Even without Josh Allen, they run the ball better than people think. They are more efficient than people think running the ball. They just don't do it a lot by volume. And then they get in these ruts where they really just can't run the ball very well. And they have to rely on Josh to do it. Um, they have to run the ball better in this game if they're going to win, because if the weather is going to be what it is, you're going to have to rely on that. You're not going to be able to necessarily throw the ball all over the yard. Um, I also know that, you know, the Browns have not been great against stopping the run. So the bills are going to want to take advantage of that. The bills have been leaky against the run, which plays into the Browns favor here. Now what's weird is the first five, six weeks, they were lights out guys. You could not run on this defense. Derrick Henry was stopped at his tracks. The bills just did a great job, but the last few weeks, green Bay in the second half, the jets in the fourth quarter, and then pretty much, you know, they stopped Minnesota most of the game, and there was an 81-yard run, and that kind of threw off the statistics. Teams have been running on them in critical situations lately, so I think that's where the Browns might have an advantage. I went back and watched some of that um, the 2007 highlights of when the Bills played the Browns in the snow, and there was an NFL high, there was an NFL Network highlight, and Steve Mariucci's on NFL Network, and Jamal Lewis ran all over the Bills in that game, and he said in the highlight, he said, in a game like this, you got to have a power back. That's what the Browns have. The Bills really don't have that. They don't have a power back. They're more guys who are all speed guys, spread the field, catch the ball, because that's their offense and how they've constructed it. The Bills also threw the ball 33 times in that game, which was insane because the <laughs> end right. was just howling. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, the Browns at three and six, they're not where they want to be and, and where I, I think some thought that they could be, even with Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. What is the... Uh, What's the Bills' take on the Browns right now? Uh, obviously, you know, there's that inherent respect that comes uh, that, that every opponent gets. But, uh, you know, just how do the Bills feel uh, about this Browns team and, uh, you know, the challenge they could pose? Well, uh, from the locker room, lots of respect, right? You're always going to get that from player to player. I will tell you this. Von Miller has so much immense respect for Miles Garrett. They don't even have to block him, but they both went to Texas A&M, obviously. I reminded Vaughn today, though. I said, do you ever give um, Vaughn a little bit of grief, give uh, Miles a little bit of grief that you had a half a sack more at Texas A&M? But he also reminded me that Miles only played three years. So he knows, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, well, that's great. But he said, I played four. So these guys are, they have a healthy respect. Deion Dawkins talked very glowingly about Miles today. He said that he told him at the Pro Bowl, you are the toughest player I have to block. He said, you're the toughest player in the league that I've had to block. And that's how much respect those guys get. And here in Buffalo, we know what Wyatt Teller can do, right? With that trade. I mean, even Brandon Bean says that's one I'd like to have back, basically. Like, it's one that I I didn't I didn't nail. I didn't hit. And I, you know, it's I made a mistake on that one. Um, he's that's basically funny. We say the same thing about Josh Allen. So. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, so. There's a healthy respect there. I think from a media standpoint, from a fan standpoint, it's come on. It's the Cleveland Browns with Jacoby Brissett. Like you're the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. You got to win this game. Yeah, they have a good run game. They can't, that, that's all they can really do on you. You should be able to throw the ball on them, run the ball on them. 
um, you know, unless you give them the game, then you should beat them. I think that's the general consensus here in Buffalo. But with the weather, usually the ultimate equalizer, I think Bills fans are a little nervous here. You got a two-game losing streak. You've turned the ball over a lot. This is the recipe for a kind of game where something like that could happen again. Yeah, I look, I can't let you get out of here without asking you about the new stadium. Yeah. And the question is, how can you drop $1.2 billion on a stadium and not put a roof on it? <laughs> so the answer, Daryl, is, and I guess that I would sound like I'm giving you like the Bills answer here, but because a roof on it would make it $1.9 billion. <laughs> but it's $1.2 billion. <laughs> I know, I know, right? And And when you're counting pennies, so to speak, and you don't, want to pay a lot of it from private financing and get a lot from public. That's a lot more to ask from the public. You don't know if you're going to get it. And then, you know, that a lot of it has to do with the money. It's mostly the money. I will tell you though, that a lot of it also, the bills did a study. They did a lot of surveys from fans. There are a lot of fans that didn't want a dome. They're like, we like playing the way that like this, this is, this is Buffalo football. So what they are going to do is have a canopy like in Seattle and it's going to cover basically like 65% of the seats where if you go to the game and it is precipitation, you shouldn't be rained on. You shouldn't be snowed on um, because you're, you're being covered like that. But we'll see. There are a lot of really interesting um, things about the stadium. The one that is really cool that I think your listeners would be interested to know about, especially because you live in a, you know, where the wind comes off the lake there. And what we need doing, a new stadium here. Like that's part, um, that's part of what the Browns are doing right now is they're researching their stadium options. Okay. Well, in this stadium where the bills are, it actually goes down into the ground. It's actually built into the ground. So like the upper deck is actually on the the, the ground level, if you will. So when the wind like comes in, yeah. So when the wind comes in, it goes down and it swirls down into the bowl. So what they're going to do is the new stadium is going to be built up, but it's a new term that I learned. It's called wind confusion. I am not an expert on this. I'm telling you what I've learned and what I've been told. Okay. So the stadium is going to have this three prong mesh basically around the actual stadium, if you will, and how it's built into the actual structure of it. And when the wind hits it, I guess what happens when wind hit con hits concrete, it goes up and then it goes down. In this particular structure, the wind is going to hit it and it's going to keep going but dissipate. So when it goes oh. inside the stadium, you will not feel the wind like you do outside the stadium. I I'm going to stop you right there. First Energy Stadium has some of that. And it makes the wind swirl. That's okay. why they have that's why they have the Dawson. Where is it, Daryl? I like I didn't even know that. Where in, in the upper deck. If you look, if you look at the upper deck of First Energy Stadium, yeah, uh, in the open areas there, there there is that mesh. It looks like mesh fencing type. Uh, yeah, it, I guess I just never realized it, what it was. It, it's a it's a wind diffuser, mm -hmm. but what ha what has happened though in that stadium is the wind swirls. That's why when you go back to that 07 Browns Bills game when Phil Dawson hit that 49 yard boomerang kick that skid off the crossbar and took snow with it that, that snuck through. They have that the Browns have the the they call it the Dawson flag uh to right. help gauge the wind in that stadium. So let me uh, ask you this, Daryl though, is it let's say it's 30 mile an hour gusts outside the stadium. Is that what it is on the field still? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because yeah. the way it's been described to us, and it might be different because yeah. it will be a little more enclosed with the canopy and all that. Now, the, the way, way your stadium is going to be configured could be right. completely different because first, see, First Energy Stadium, there's like notches cut in the stadium. Gotcha. So, like the dog pound, there's two notches in the, uh, on the e on that east side of the stadium. On the west side, it's enclosed facing north and northwest. But then the southwest area, that there's a notch there, so maybe the maybe the notches have you know complicate things or whatever. But I'm just letting you know. Yeah. 
We have some of that at First Energy Stadium, and it's not it, working out as well. It doesn't work as well, but you know, maybe with uh, the way the architects uh, build yours, it'll work, and then we can steal that idea from you. <laughs> All right, Sal, so I have two huge questions for you as we wrap okay. this thing up. One, since you live downtown, you're closer to Anchor Bar, Duff's or Anchor Bar? Um, well, for I would tell wings. you that unless one is an official sponsor, uh, I don't want to. No, no, but. You see, it's like going to, I'll just put it this way. It's like going to Philly for a cheesesteak and everyone says, do you do Geno's or, or what? What is it? Pat's maybe or something. I don't even know what the I think that is. It. And it is Pat's. But, but you know what everybody says? You don't go there. You go to the other places that nobody knows about. I would say that in Buffalo, like both Duff's and Anchor Bar are great for the nostalgia and they both have really good wings. I'm not going to deny it. Like I like, I would go to either of them to eat wings. I'm fine. But you got to come here and go to Barbill, Gabriel's Gate, 9-11 Tavern, Elmo's. Like those are the places that you come to Buffalo and get wings. If you want to experience Buffalo and say, then go to anchor bar and say, I went to where the chicken wing was made. And right. literally the anchor bar is like less than a mile from my house. Like you can go there and do that. But if you really want like great wings that you can go home and say, Oh my God, I can't believe those wings of Buffalo are everything everybody said about. I think you go to those other places that you don't really talk about. Gotcha. I don't know. The first time I went to Duff's cause I went to Duff's and I was like, Oh my God, these are amazing. So they're good. I'm, I'm a big fan there. For sure. I Duff's just, are very good too. Yes. All right, so this is my last question for you. Is Dustin Fox, who was our afternoon host and former Buffalo Bill, the greatest six-tackle defensive back in Buffalo Bill's history? Six, six full tackles. Tackle Six-tackle defensive back. Um, so I actually texted Dustin the other day to come on, and he said, I'm too busy doing Maction this week, right? So, oh, he's oh, big right. time now. I know, right? So, and I'm like, I love Maction, right? So, I mean, you know, he's got he's got to pull the uh, – I'm, I'm on TV pulling, doing the Maction card. Uh, I guess so. I don't know of anybody else who had six tackles in their career specifically, so he must be. So I, I would I would go with that. I just wanted to give him his own special place in Buffalo Bills history. That's all. <laughs> you know, people who uh, play here, though, you'll talk to Dustin. I know they, they – everybody who's played in Buffalo has, I think, you know, like good things to say about it and fond memories. I think same thing in Cleveland, right? It's one of those kind of, um, you know, legacy type of cities to play football in for sure. And I think that's why – you know, games like this, these two, these two teams, like it, it stinks that the weather's going to be the story because I think personally, guys, the NFL is better when the Bills and Browns are both pretty good and fighting. I, I, I just do. I grew up with it. I grew up on it. You know, I know you guys lost the team for a few years there, and you know, I, I think that both these cities, both these teams, like it's, it's just cool in the NFL when they're fighting it out. Yeah, well, maybe someday the Browns will get their act together. We'd right? like to be like you one day. One day we dream. We can dream big. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. So yeah, if only the Browns would have drafted Josh Allen. But then the thing is, is who knows how successful we begin. Sal, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you. And uh, goggles and snowshoes—that's my my uh, amateur recommendation for you. I have my ski goggles ready, buddy. I will. I will see you hopefully on Sunday. Safe travels here. Be very careful on your way up, and uh, hopefully it all goes well. And um, we'll have the soup and the wings ready for you. Thanks so much for joining us, Sal. Thank you, Sal, and thank you, WGR, our, our sister station in Buffalo. Again, Sal is the sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills, and he hosts It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, our sister show. That'll do it for this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. For our producer, Meredith Kane and Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. We'll come back with you after the game on Sunday for our post-game report between the Bills and the Browns. It's always game day in Cleveland.